The week heading up to Valentine's Day has been designated National Marriage Week. This was launched back in 2009 to promote healthy marriages and provide couples with helpful resources. And this year's spokesperson for the U.S. National Marriage Week is top marriage and parenting author and speaker Arlene Pellicane. She's the author of Parents Rising and Calm, Cool, and Connected. She's also the host of the Happy Home Podcast. Arlene is married to James, her husband of more than 24 years, and they have three kids. And welcome, Arlene. So nice to be with you both. Yeah, good to have you on as always. We love visiting with you. And so as the spokesperson for National Marriage Week, let's talk a little bit about the the whole purpose and mission behind it, Arlene. Yeah, I love this week because you know how sometimes there'll be like a recycling campaign or an anti-vaping campaign at a school. So think this is like a marriage campaign of saying, hey, you know what, for one week, February 7th to 14th, every year leading up into Valentine's Day, let's say, let's celebrate marriage, let's support marriage, let's look around and, you know, and and kind of re like believe once again for the generation behind Mm -hmm. us that marriage is a good thing, like a marriage refresher. So they usually have um, new research around marriage that comes out at this time as well, a yearly theme. And so it's an exciting time to like get help for your own marriage, mm-hmm. but also support marriage in the United States. Yeah. So what is the current research showing regarding marriage, especially how it's impacting the younger generation? Yeah, I think a lot of kids growing up, I know with my my kids and their friends, you know, a lot of them have had the fallout of divorce. They see their parents are unhappy and they figure, ah, uh, I don't know if I want to be married or not. But one thing, some something that a lot of people are interested in is being happy. You know, they want to be happy. You right. ask anyone and they think, that's how I judge if I should do something or not. Did it make me happy? Well, they've done this research at the National Marriage Project, Brad Wilcox and Jeffrey Dew, and they found that your odds of being happy increase 102% if you're married, Wow. 219% if you're happily married, and you put that up against a 29% boost if you're a college grad, or a 51% boost if you have a higher income than most. And so it's just interesting, even from a happiness perspective, even those who are just plain married, not even happily married, they're still enjoying a 102% boost of happiness. And I think part of that can come at, look at our society. Like in the past, people were more religious. They would go to church and Mm -hmm. they'd see people, or maybe they were more service oriented. They went to a service club or maybe they had bridge night. Like they had touch points with other people and meaningful relationships. But today, you know, a lot of times we don't have those kinds of things. Kids aren't going to churches or service groups or, you know, things like that. And so it's all the more important when socially we need to connect with one another that marriage really provides that constant connection that a lot of people are craving. So it's interesting how it's such a big happiness booster. Mm So as we look at the theme for this year, and it's uh, basically, it's the value of date nights. So let's talk about that. What is the value of date nights? What are statistics saying about that? So when I first heard this theme, I thought, oh, you know, this is like a soft, light, fluffy theme. Let's go on date night, you know. But they actually have done research, Brad Wilcox, about, and they asked couples, married couples, how often do you date? And 52% of Americans answered that we never date or only a few times a year. Mm -hmm. And then 48% said we date once or twice a month or maybe more. And what they found was with those daters that said, yeah, we date monthly or more, they experienced at least like a 15 percentage boost 
in things like uh, overall satisfaction and happiness in the marriage, ability to, to communicate to one another, physical satisfaction, not likely to divorce, commitment to one another, like all those different parameters they experience, you see on the chart, like this 15% boost between those who date and those who don't date. And it kind of makes sense because if you date, that means, hey, we still like each other. Yes. We still yeah. want to be together. We still think it's a priority to put each other in each other's schedules, you know, that it, it communicates. We want time alone. Uh, we want to have fun together still. There's a time for us to talk. So it makes sense. And so really, if you're wondering, man, how do I get out of a stale marriage or how do I like, you know, just kind of grow closer? We're like roommates. Then really an amazing answer is something so simple. It's as simple as a date night. All right, Arlene, give us some ideas for date night. Yeah, I I know we can get kind of stuck in a rut, right? If you feel like, okay, we have all these kids, babysitters are expensive, you can do the candlelight dinner at home option, which is something that I'm a mother of five uh, that I knew she did growing up. So what would happen is she'd made movie night a big thing in her home so that when she said to the kids, it's movie night with popcorn and candy and all these things, it was kind of a novel thing. And so they looked forward to that. So when they did that, then mom and dad got dressed up, white tablecloth, candles out, and they had this nice dinner. And guess what that communicates to, to, to each other? Like, you're still important to me, but it also shows the kids, right? Can mm-hmm. you imagine if, like, once a month you saw your mom and dad get dressed up and have candlelight dinner together? It would give you a great sense of security, like, mm-hmm. my mom and dad still love each other. Mm-hmm. There's a book date that you think, like, you know, I'd love for my spouse to read this certain book, but I can't get them to do it, either because you love it so much or you find it really interesting. So you go to a bookstore, find yourself a brick-and-mortar bookstore, and hand each other a book, each of you, you know, trade books of what you want the other to read. It could be fiction or nonfiction. Give them a chance to read a few pages, and if they they have veto power, so they can say, I do not want to read this. Go get me another one. <laughs> but the idea here is you're giving gifts to one another. So if that's your love language, you know, if you've gotten a gift now, but you're also having ideas together that maybe, you know, you're, everything's the same, you know, every day, day in, day out is kind of drudgery. So now you have new ideas, you have new things to talk about. So there are some really simple ways to spice up date night, but try to keep it novel once Mm -hmm. in a while, do something different, Uh, keep it regular so you know something's coming up, so you have anticipation, and it can be as simple as a remember when date, like remember when, and you go to your first apartment that you ever lived in in a town or a restaurant Mm. you used to always go to, have a remember when date. Yeah. So what about you and James? What's something that you guys have done that's kind of, you know, not within yeah. the bo- not within the box. I love that. We went once to get like massages. Like we have a little uh we have a little part of town that has all these different and it's it's uh I, I don't know exactly how to say this. This is like a more Asian part of town. Yeah. <laughs> we have lots of like foot massages. Sure. I am Chinese, so I feel like I can say this with Yeah, anyway. yeah. You know how people are so sensitive these days. I know. So, and we can go get our. Uh, so the first time we did it, it's like called like footsie wootsie or something like this. <laughs> you know? so I'm like, what are we doing? You know. And then, but we sat next to each other, and then we had these massages, and it was really fun. It was. It, it felt very silly and fun. So we did uh, that. Fun. And then you know we, to be honest, you know we've we've kind of through this research been like, wow, this is really important to connect. Mm-hmm. And so we were like the once a month daters. Uh, if that, because, you know, we both work from home, we see each other a lot. But after seeing this research, we've, we've, we've added in like two coffee dates a month. So thinking like, okay, we go out the once a month, but then two of those four weeks, let's have a coffee date 
where we sit and we talk and we look, we sit outside, you know, we get some sunshine or, or you know, sit under the rain, whatever the case may be, but that we're, we're out. And we have found it's really nice. And what's so sweet about it, my husband doesn't even like coffee. (laughs) But I do. So that's really nice. And so we put some extra kisses in there. It's good for him. It's good for me. It's good for both of us. So that's been something really small that actually, truly, it does make you feel more connected. Mm, That's That's really really cool. So Arlene, have you ever been out and seen couples together and they're both on their phones? I mean, it seems like sometimes technology can really get in the way, can't it? This is a huge problem, and a lot of people have said this, that it's so distracting. Like, I I want to look at my spouse or talk to them, but here I've got this phone, and I have all these other things, and it's our habit, right? It's our habit Mm -hmm. to look at our phone, catch up on email, catch up on sports scores, look at the news, get one more thing done, scroll through social media. So we have to, during date night, it's a wonderful way to say, okay, we will use the phone to GPS forever we're going, We will take a picture of what we're doing, and then we'll think of our phone as a hot potato and we'll put it away. And you may find that strangely unsettling, like, I don't know what to do now that we're not (laughs) looking at a phone. And that's a good thing. Like, you need to be have some discomfort Mm -hmm. and put that thing away and really do something together, talk to each other, go bowling, you know, play pickleball see a symphony, like do something without your phone. So it is important to have that time that's phone free. And really, you know, I think Business Insider, they reported that we touch our phones like 2,600 times a day, you know, opening it, swiping, whatever it is we're doing. Can you imagine if you just touch your spouse five times a day, you know, a a hug, a handhold, a quick massage, Mm -hmm. like they'd be like, What's wrong with you? (laughs) We are touching our phones way too much and we're touching our spouses way too little. Mm -hmm. So that is something definitely to talk about with your spouse. Am I I on my phone too much? And and be ready for the answer. Yeah. Well, I know that my wife has told me. (laughs) Why (laughs) are you always looking at Facebook or whatever when I'm talking to you? And so now I've become conscious or tried to become conscious of it, even though I catch myself. Mm -hmm. It's so weird Mm -hmm. how I catch myself being on the phone when she's trying to talk to me, and I'll put it down real quick. I go, I'm, I got to stop, um, yeah. but but I still do it, and so it's so yeah. weird how that has yeah. uh, become a part of our lives. So, so Arlene, how can churches really get involved promoting, you know, marriages and Marriage Week? What's some good ways yeah. for churches to do that? Yeah, you can go to marriageweek.org for ideas, marriageweek.org. You can encourage the people in your congregation. There's a couples connection plan that's totally free to download, and it's just. A resource for couples, like how, what are compliments you could give each other? What are goals mm-hmm. you could set together? How do you speak the five love languages more effectively to one another? Here's some conversation starters. So that's all in this couples connection plan. And that's totally free to download at marriageweek.org. And then if you as a church, you have, let's say, a marriage event coming up, you can post it to a national calendar so other people can see it. And same thing with your congregation members. Let's say they want a vacation in Alaska or something, you know, and they want to see, is there a marriage event in there? They can look. So there's a national calendar that's kind of a clearinghouse for events that you can look at. And there's also research. I think a lot of times maybe younger people, they might say like, ah, that's an old-fashioned idea. But when they start seeing research, like if like there's this one statistic that's amazing about poverty that is saying that if a young person will finish high school, work full time, and then marry and have children after the age of 21, they have a 2% chance of living in poverty. But if they don't do those things, they have a 77 chance percent of 
percent chance of living in poverty. So it's wow. like, wow, mm-hmm. these are things we're not telling our young people. Mm-hmm. So there's all that at marriageweek.org. Very good. Mm-hmm. That is Arlene Pelican. We're talking about National Marriage Week. We're in the middle of it right now. So uh, make those date plans and have fun doing that. And if you want to find out more, again, it's uh, marriageweek.org. You can find out there. Or if you want to find out more about Arlene, you can go to arlenepelican.com. You can find out about her podcast, books, and everything else that's going on. Arlene, always great to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Deb. 